Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 242. As we begin today in the book of Ezra, we'll notice that God sends through uh, the King Artaxerxes, uh, Ezra to the exiles in Israel who have returned to teach them the law and to teach them that they need to be a people who are set apart. Psalm 97 celebrates God being a holy God who is set apart from all of his creation as the creator and as the sustainer of all, the one who reigns and rules on his throne. And that picture is continued in Revelation chapter 4 where we see the throne room in heaven and the people surrounding the throne falling down to worship a holy, holy, holy God. And so our theme today in this episode is to be set apart. And as we go through that, I hope that'll help us understand the holiness of God and his call for his people to also be set apart. So let's begin with Ezra chapter 7. Now after these things had happened during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, Ezra came up from Babylon. Ezra was the son of Zariah, who was the son of Azariah, who was the son of Hilkiah, who was the son of Shalom, who was the son of Zadok, who was the son of Ahiatub who was the son of Amariah, who was the son of Azariah, who was the son of Marioth, who was the son of Zahariah, who was the son of Uzi, who was the son of Buki, who was the son of Abishua, who was the son of Phinehas, who was the son of Eliezer, who was the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra is the one who came up from Babylon. He was a scribe who was skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king supplied him with everything he requested, from, for the hand of the Lord his God was with him. In the seventh year of King Artaxerxes, Ezra brought up to Jerusalem some of the Ezraelites and some of the priests, the Levites, the attendants, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants. He entered Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. On the first day of the month, he had determined to make the ascent from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month, he arrived at Jerusalem, for the good hand of his God was on him. Now Ezra had had dedicated himself to the study of the law of the Lord, to its observance, and to the teaching of its statutes and judgments in Israel. What follows is a copy of the letter that King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra, the priestly scribe. Ezra was a scribe in matters pertaining to the commandments of the Lord and the statutes over Israel. This is the letter. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of God of heaven. I have now issued a decree that anyone in my kingdom and from the people of Israel, even the priests and Levites, who wishes to do so, may go up with you to Jerusalem. You are authorized by the king and his seven advisers to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of your God, which is in your possession, and to bring silver and gold which the king and his advisers have freely contributed to the God of Israel, who resides in Jerusalem, along with all the silver and gold that you may collect throughout all the province of Babylon, and the contributions of the people and the priests for the temple of their God, which is in Jerusalem. With this money, you should, make, you should be sure to purchase bulls, rams, and lambs, along with the appropriate meal offerings and libations. You should bring them to the altar of the temple of your God, which is in Jerusalem. You may do whatever seems appropriate to you and your colleagues with the rest of the silver and the gold, in keeping with the will of your God. 
Deliver to the God of Jerusalem the vessels that are given to you for the service of the temple of your God. The rest of the needs for the temple of your God that you may have to supply, you may do so from the royal treasury. I, King Artaxerxes, hereby issue orders to all the treasurers of the trans-Euphrates that you precisely execute all that Ezra, the priestly scribe of the law of God of heaven, may require, request of you, up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, 100 baths of olive oil, and unlimited salt. Everything that the God of heaven has required should be precisely done for the temple of God of heaven. Why should there be wrath against the empire of the king and his sons? Furthermore, be aware of the fact that you have no authority to impose tax, tribute, or toll on any of the priests, the Levites, the musicians, the doorkeepers, the temple servants, or the attendants at the temple of this God. Now you, Ezra, in keeping with the wisdom of your God which you possess, appoint judges and court officials who can arbitrate cases on behalf of all the people who are in trans-Euphrates who know the laws of your God. Those who do not know this law should be taught. Everyone who does not observe both the law of your God and the law of the king will be completely liable to the appropriate penalty, whether it is death or banishment or confiscation of property or detainment in prison. Just a quick note, that's the end of that letter. And so we continue. Blessed be the God of our fathers, who so moved in the heart of the kings to so honor the temple of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. He has also conferred his favor on me before the king, his advisors, and all the influential leaders of the king. I gained strength as the hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. These are the leaders and those enrolled with him by genealogy who were coming up with me from Babylon during the reign of King Artaxerxes. From the descendants of Phinehas, Gershom, from the descendants of Ithamar, Daniel, from the descendants of David, Hattush, the son of Jeconiah, from the descendants of Parash, Zechariah, and with him were enrolled by genealogy 150 men. From the descendants of Pahath Moab, Elihohanai, the son of Zerihah, and with him 200 men. From the descendants of Zatu, Jeconiah, son of Jehaziel, and with him 300 men. From the descendants of Adin, Ebed, son of Jonathan, and with him 50 men. From the descendants of Elam, Jehashiah, son of Athaliah, and with him 70 men. From the descendants of Shephatiah, Zebediah, son of Michael, and with him 80 men. From the descendants of Job, Obadiah, son of Jehiel, and with him 218 men. From the descendants of Bani, Shalometh, the son of Josephiah, and with him 160 men. From the descendants of Bebai, Zechariah, son of Bebai, and with him 28 men. From the descendants of Asgad, Johanan, son of Hakatan, and with him 110 men. From the descendants of Adonikam, were the latter, who there were the latter ones. Their names were Eliphalet, Jeul, Shamaya, and with him sixty men, and from the descendants of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zakur, and with them seventy men. I had them assemble at the can- canal that flows toward Ahaba, and we camped there for three days. I observed that the people and the priests were present, but I found no Levites there. So I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shamaya, Alnathan, Jarab, Alnathan, Nathan, Zachariah, and Meshulam, who were leaders, and Joharib and Alnathan, who were teachers. I sent them to Ido, who was the leader in the place called Kasaphia. I told them what to say to Ido and his relatives, who were the temple servants in Kasaphia, so they would bring us attendance for the temple of our God. Due the, to the fact that the good hand of God was on us, they brought us skill, a skilled man from the descendants of Mali, the son of Levi, son of Israel. 
This man was Sherebiah, who was accompanied by his sons and brothers, eighteen men, and Hashabiah, along with Jeshiah from the descendants of Merari, with his brothers and their sons, twenty men, and some of the temple servants that David and his officials had established for the work of the Levites, two hundred and twenty of them. They were all designated by name. I called for a fast there by the Ahava Canal, so that we might humble ourselves before our God and seek him from him a safe journey for us, our children, and all our property. I was embarrassed to request soldiers and horsemen from the king to protect us from the enemy along the way, because we had said to the king, The good hand of our God is on everyone who is seeking him, but his great anger is against everyone who forsakes him. So we fasted and prayed to our God about this, and he answered us. Then I set apart twelve of the leading priests, together with Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their brothers, and I weighed out to them the silver, the gold, and the vessels intended for the temple of our God, items that the king, his advisors, his, his officials, and all Israel who were present had contributed. I weighed out to them 650 talents of silver, silver vessels worth 100 talents, 100 talents of gold, 20 gold bulls worth 1,000 derricks, and two exquisite vessels of gleaming bronze as valuable as gold. Then I said to them, You are holy to the Lord, just as these vessels are holy. The silver and the gold are voluntary offering to the Lord, the God of our fathers. Be careful with them and protect them until you weigh them out before the leading priests and Levites and their family leaders in, of Israel in Jerusalem in the storerooms of the temple of the Lord. Then the priests and Levites took charge of the silver, the gold, and the vessels that had been weighed out to transport them to Jerusalem to the temple of our God. On the twelfth day of the first month, we began traveling from the Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he delivered us from our enemies and from the bandits along the way. So we came to Jerusalem, and we stayed there for three days. On the fourth day, we weighed out the silver, the gold, and the vessels of the house of God into the care of Merimoth, son of Uriah, the priest, and Eliezer, son of Phinehas, who were accompanied by Josabad, son of Joshua, and Noadiah, the son of Benui, who were Levites. Everything was verified by number and by weight, and the total weight was written down at that time. The exiles who were returning from the captivity offered burnt offerings to the God of Israel, 12 bulls for all Israel, 96 rams, 77 male lambs, along with 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering to the Lord. Then they presented the decree of the king to the king's satraps and the governors of trans-Euphrates who assisted the people and the temple of God. Now, when these things had been completed, the leaders approached me and said, The people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, have not separated themselves from the local residents who practice detestable things similar to those of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. Indeed, they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and for their sons, so that they, the holy race has become intermingled with the local residents. Worse still, the leaders and the officials who have been at the forefront of all have been at the forefront of all this unfaithfulness. When I heard this report, I tore my tunic and my robe and ripped out some of my hair from my head and beard. Then I sat down quite devastated. Everyone who held the words of God of Israel in awe gathered around me because of the unfaithful acts of the people of the exile. Devastated, I continued to sit there until the evening offering. Now, just a little pause here. You might be wondering, what's the problem? Like, are these guys just a bunch of racist people who don't care about other people from other nations? 
And that's not at all what's going on here. What's going on is that the people of these other nations were worshiping other gods. And that was exactly the reason why the people of Israel had ended up in exile as God's punishment against them for worshiping other gods, false gods, idols, which led them to all kinds of horrific practices in burning their own children as sacrifices to their to their gods and everything else. And so uh, seeing this begin to happen again after 70 years of exile was what drove Ezra and all the others to such desperation and leads to Ezra's prayer we're about to read. And so let's continue on. At the time of the evening offering, I got up from my self-abasement with my tunic and my robe torn and then dropped to my knees and spread my hands to the Lord my God. I prayed, O my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have climbed higher than our heads and our guilt extends to the heavens. From the days of our fathers until this very day, our guilt has been great. Because of our iniquities, we, along with our kings and priests, have been delivered over by the local kings to sword, captivity, plunder, and embarrassment, right up to the present time. But now, brief, briefly, we have received mercy from the Lord our God, in that he has left us a remnant and has given us a secure position in this holy place. Thus, our God has enlightened our eyes and has given us a little relief in our time of servitude. Although we are slaves, our God has not abandoned us in our servitude. He has extended kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia, in that he has revived us to restore the temple of our God and to raise up its ruins and to give us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now what are we able to say after this, our God? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you have commanded us through your servants, the prophets, with these words. The land that you are entering to possess is a land defiled by the impurities of the local residents. With their abominations, they have filled it from one end to the other with their filthiness. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons, and do not take their daughters in marriage for your sons. Do not ever seek their peace or welfare, so that you may be strong and may, be, and may eat the good of the land, and may leave it as an inheritance for your children forever. Everything that has happened to us has come about because of our wicked actions and our great guilt. Even so, our God... You have exercised restraint toward our iniquities and have given us a remnant such as this. Shall we once again break your commandments and intermarry with these abominable peoples? Would you not be so angered by us that you would wipe us out with no survivors or remnant? O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous, for we are left as a remnant to this day. Indeed, we stand before you in our guilt. However, because of this guilt, no one can really stand before you. While Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself to the ground before the temple of God, a very large crowd of Israelites, men and women, children all alike, gathered around him. The people wept loudly. Then Jeconiah, son of Jehiel, from the descendants of Elam, addressed Ezra, saying, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the local peoples. Nevertheless, there is still hope for Israel in this regard. Therefore, let us enact a covenant with our God to send away all these women and their offspring in keeping with your counsel, my Lord, and that of those who respect the commandments of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Get up, for this matter concerns you. We are with you, so be strong and act decisively. So Ezra got up and made the leading priests and the Levites and all the Israel take an oath to carry out this plan. And they all took a solemn oath. Then Ezra got up from in front of the temple of God and went to the room of Jehonanan, son of Eliashib. While he stayed there, he did not eat food or drink water, for he was in mourning over the infidelity of the exiles. A proclamation was circulated throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles were to be assembled in Jerusalem. 
Everyone who did not come within three days would thereby forfeit all his property, in keeping with the counsel of the officials and the elders. Furthermore, he himself would be excluded from the assembly of the exiles. All the men of Judah and Benjamin were gathered in Jerusalem within the three days. It was in the ninth month of the twelfth day of that month. All the people sat in the square at the temple of God, trembling because of this matter and because of the rains. Then Ezra, the priest, stood up and said to them, You have behaved in an unfaithful manner by taking foreign wives. This has contributed to the guilt of Israel. Now give praise to the Lord God of your fathers and do his will. Separate yourselves from the local residents and from these foreign wives. All the assembly replied in loud voice, saying, We will do just as you have said. However, the people are numerous, and it is the raining season. We are unable to stand here outside. Furthermore, this business cannot be resolved in a day or two, for we have sinned greatly in this matter. Let our leaders take steps on behalf of all the assembly. Let all those in our towns who have married foreign women come at the appointed time, and with them the elders of each town and its judges, until the hot anger of our God is turned away from us in this matter. Only Jonathan, son of Asahel, and Jahizah, son of Tikvah, were against this, assisted by Meshulam and Shabbathiah, the Levite. So the exiles proceeded accordingly. Ezra the priest separated out by name men who were the leaders in their family groups. They sat down to consider this matter on the first day of the tenth month, and on the first day of the first month they finished considering all the men who had married foreign wives. It was determined that from the descendants of the priests the following had taken foreign wives, from the descendants of Joshua, son of Josadak, and his brothers, Masael, Eliezer, Jarab, and Jedaliah. They gave their word to send away their wives. Their guilt offering was a ram from the flock for their guilt. From the descendants of Emer, Hanani, and Zabadiah. From the descendants of Harim, Masaiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jehiel, and Aziah. From the descendants of Pashur, Ilanai, Masai, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Josabad, and Elasad. From the Levites, Josabad, Shimei, Kiliah, also known as Kalita, Pathathiah, Judah, and Eliezer. From the singers, Eliashib. From the gatekeepers, Shalom, Tielam, and Uri. From the Israelites, from the descendants of Parash, Ramiah, Isaiah, Malkijah, Majayim, Eliezer, Malkijah, and Benaiah. From the descendants of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiliel, Abdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah. From the descendants of Zatu, Elianai, Eliashib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziza. From the descendants of Babai, Johanan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Athliah. From the descendants of Bani, Mushalam, Malak, Adariah, Jashub, Jia, and Jeremoth. From the descendants of Pahath Moab, Adna, Kila, Benai, Masiah, Mataniah, Bezalel, Benui, and Manasseh. From the descendants of Harim, Eliezer, Isaijah, Malkijah, Shemai, Zimin, Benjamin, Maluk, and Jemariah. From the descendants of Hashem, Mataniah, Matathah, Zabad, Eliaphet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shimei. From the descendants of Bani, Madai, Aram, Amram, Uliel, Baniah, Badiah, Kuliahu, Faniah, Meramoth, Eliashib, Mataniah, Mataniah, and Jashu. From the descendants of Benui, Shimei, Shelemiah, Nathan, Adiah, Makanadiah, Shajai, Jarai, Azaral, Shelemai, Shemariah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph. From the descendants of Nebo, Jeliel, Matathiah, Zabad, Zebadiah, Jadai, Joel, and Benaiah. All these had taken foreign wives, and some of them also had children by these women.
And so that we see uh, all these different stories showing us the need to be set apart and to be holy because to do anything less would be to compromise the relationship we have with the only true holy God. And this leads to Psalm 97, which is a psalm which praises God as the holy God. So Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be happy. Let the many coastlands rejoice. Dark clouds surround him. Equity and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him on every side. It burns up his enemies. His lightning bolts light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the whole earth. The sky declares his justice and all nations see his splendor. All who worship idols are ashamed. Those who boast about worthless idols. All the gods bow down before him. Zion hears and rejoices, and the towns of Judah are happy because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are the Most High over the whole earth. You are elevated above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful followers. He delivers them from the power of the wicked. The godly bask in the light. The morally upright experience joy. You godly ones rejoice in the Lord. Give thanks to his holy name. And so we see a psalm of praise to the holy God who is reigning and ruling over all. And that reigning and ruling is also pictured in Revelation chapter 4, this brief chapter, which shows us the throne room in heaven. Revelation 4. After these things I looked, and there was a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here so that I can show you what must happen after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and a throne was standing in heaven with someone seated on it. And the one seated on it was like jasper and carnelian in appearance, and a rainbow looking like it was made of emerald encircled the throne. In a circle around the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on those thrones were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white clothing and had golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came out flashes of lightning and roaring and crashes of thunder. Seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God, were burning in front of the throne. And in front of the throne was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. In the middle of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second creature like an ox, the third creature had a face like a man's, and the fourth creature looked like an eagle flying. Each one of the four living creatures had six wings and was full of eyes all around and inside. They never rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the All-Powerful who was and who is and who is still to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders throw themselves to the ground before the one who sits on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever, and they offer their crowns before his throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, since you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. What an incredible picture here, Revelation 4, uh, singing praise, worshiping the holy, holy, holy God, the one who is set apart and who calls people because of his son Jesus to be people who are set apart, having been washed clean and made holy through the blood of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved.
Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-